You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode number nine, which is pretty much ten, which basically makes us a legitimate podcast, I think. It's been two weeks since our last episode, basically because there was a hurricane Paul lost power, I lost power, and, well, Derek didn't want to do it on his own. So we're back. I'm Chris Epp from Make Everything. I'm here with Paul Pinto and Derek from Malden. We're going to get right into it, and we're going to talk about what we've been up to for the last two weeks, and Derek's going to start. Why do I always stop? It seems like every week I stop. I, you um, get the most done, I think. So Yeah, well, it's funny. It's Things have been very slow here because I've been back to work. I had a ton of people reach out to me. And I don't think people realized I worked for a living or something. So when I went back to work, I made a post that I was kind of be like missing in action. And I was going back to work and people were like, oh, we're wondering how you got so much stuff done. You know, we thought you were like staying up all night. And I said, no, I took some time off work. You know, I was very fortunate with work. They let me take time off from COVID. So I had taken four weeks off and it was great. It was just uh, nice to spend some time in the shop and do some stuff, do things I wanted to do, act like I was like, you know, like a legitimate maker and, um, you know, get up and just go to the shop every day and act like that was my gig. But um, I'm back to work. But, you know, I've been busy just trying to finish up some things. I finally um, finished up that sign with the epoxy and all that, got rid of that sign. I um, The car more- one? Yeah, yeah, the car I love one. that one. Amphicar. Yeah, what a great it, freaking sign. It looks oh, so good. good. It How many of those up. did you make? Four. Oh, you did? I thought you made one. Well, no, four, four of four, the same four one. Four of the same one. <laughs> oh. I made the original painted one that got scratched. Then I made another one that was the wrong font. And then it. I think I had two files saved. And I, I can't remember if it was the third one. The second or the third, I screwed up the font. But... I had it all ready, and it was just – it didn't look right to me. So I realized I had two files, and one was my original one, not the correct one, so it was the wrong font. And then the third one, I forget what happened with that. And it was just one nightmare after another. And um, it was funny. I The last one I had made, you see in the video when I'm talking to Jimmy at the end – I legit dropped the screw gun in the sign and, you know, dented it. And 
Yeah, I was at the point now where I, I didn't even care anymore. But when the guy came to get it, it was a young kid. He's only like 21 years old. It was for his father. They were just so, it made it so worth it. The father was just floored by it. He just couldn't believe, you know, the work that went into it. Because he had the first one. And just comparing the two, I told him keep both of them. But, you know, it's worked out good. You know, they want to um, get uh another um another sign from me and a couple other things a couple other people had reached out to me so it's been you know it was definitely worth it and um another thing i've been trying to finish up is the trophy i'm doing for the golf course that's just um i had to wait for some paint and some stuff to come in and finally got that and um you know so i'm all set with that but that that's just a lot of work because it's lack of paint i'm sanding it down and you know, it's just I didn't realize it was going to be so much work, just the paint part of it. But that, that that's about it, you know. That's one thing I got to get better at is learning how to paint properly, what types of paint I'm supposed yeah. to be using, you know, lacquer, oil-based, yeah. latex, yeah, priming. I, I got to really, you know, sit down and do some research because I, I know enough to get by, but I really want to get it perfected. And now that I got this new sprayer, I got to yeah, know, maximize I, well, it. Yeah, it's funny because, like, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but, like, I kind of always think everything will work with anything and, you know, yeah, you just yeah. spray things. and Spray, then spray you, it, let it dry, and then spray, yeah. it, spray it again. And then if you, you don't drip, sand them results. out, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when you don't get good results, it's like, what happened? But uh, that's why I just did a sign, and um, it seems like gloss black I have a problem with. I get, like, these little, like, not bubbles like dents in it i know what you're talking about I, I yeah it's too. so frustrating and it's funny because this lack of paint um it's it goes on it's unbelievable like dries instantly and it mm-hmm. goes on the only thing it's like um it's almost like uh, i hate to sound stupid but it's it's like water it's so thin oh yeah like it's no like build up of it so when uh... you spray it what you have is what you get, just that color. So when you spray the layers on it, it just bonds with the next one. So you got to make sure it's perfect when you do it. But I was talking to Freddie Rome, and he does a ton of with lacquer. And with furniture, it's amazing what you can do with it, changing yeah. the colors and stuff like that. So it's really, you know, it's like a whole system you use. But it's, um, you know, I said to him, I, I bought a bunch of different colors from this company because I'm like, you know, why don't I just use this? Because it just goes down nice. It dries instantly. You can sand it down and just keep building it up. So I don't know. I got to get a little bit better at it myself because it just, um, you know, it, it's good when you get good results. But when you get shitty results, it's like it's just a nightmare. You know? I, I just can't find the right paint to use because every time I go into Ring's End or Sherman Williams, I'm like, I need the best paint for metal outside what yeah. is the best paint and every single time it's a different paint yeah and yeah. then one time i sent my five said dad go to go to the uh rings end and get the best paint they have the best black paint they have for for steel outside he brings me back this paint the paint's blue i'm like dad the paint's blue yeah. he's like no, no no the paint's black i'm like no i'm looking at the paint it's bluish purple i'm spraying yeah. it on it's still blue. I'm panicking. I'm like, this paint's blue. And he comes back. He's going to go pick it up and bring it back. And then I go look at the freaking thing. It's black now that it dried. Huh. And it was like, it was not just like ever so slightly blue. Like, it was blue. It's funny. It's like, black is like black. That. Yeah, like black but this paint. this was latex. Is... 
Yeah, yeah. It's funny how like black paint, like it's you know, like you know, I realized this when I painted my dining room gray. Yeah. And I and I finished and I put on the lights and everything and my dining room was purple. And I was like, <laughs> Holy crap. And the guy goes, Oh yeah, it's 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 purple based and I'm like, I need gray. He's like, dude, it's a tough color. He's like, it's gonna come out either purple or green. Yeah, green. So, yeah. Yeah. So then we got another one and it was like green. But it's like, you know, you just think black paint, it's just black, but it's not. No. It's, you know, all these different colors. And, and the you know, light has reflecting off it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what was funny with that sign. I was so frustrated. I couldn't, my brother had stopped by unexpectedly with his dogs, his dog here flying around my basement. And I'm trying to do the <laughs> epoxy sign. And I'm like, dude, you've got to leave. And I'm trying to mix the color. And I didn't have it down to, like, what I was doing for the colors, believe it or not. And um, it was too dark, and I was just like, oh, I, I'm going to have to do it. You know, the epoxy's getting thick, and I pour it, and I pour it on the light base, uh-huh. and it just lightened up. And it was oh, like, yeah. I, that's why I was like so – that was like my actual reaction. I was so excited because I thought it was ruined again, and I'm like, I am done. And then when it got light, I was like, you got to be shitting me. You know, it's like the right color. So it, it is. It's just so many different things change the colors, you know. It's it's so much work too with painting. Like the people don't realize it's like oh let me just blast this. Like get the prep and like you yeah. said the dog hair. Like God yeah. forbid you like sneeze. Yeah, you know, yeah. While the freaking while the uh, while the paint's drying, especially yeah. in your in your There's basement. What, I, what I've seen recently, which is like really interesting to me. Have you guys seen that uh, that Eastwood powder coating oven that they just came out with? The one that's like the size of like a I've walk-in box. Those. So like They're like I, small. Do DIY powder coating things, right? Well, there's the one that like Jimmy has and a couple other people I know have it that's like the size of a big toaster oven. But Eastwood just came out with one that's like probably like four foot by eight foot by four feet deep. Like it's big enough to walk in. And it's only five grand. Like railings or something. It's only five grand and they also came out with a spray boot that's the same size. So like that's also I think like five grand. So for ten grand you could have a self contained spray booth and powder coating of it. And because powder coating, I mean I'm sure it's not easy to get good results, but it's a little I think it's a little more like, you know, the powder clings to the metal and it smooths out when it gets heated. Um that kid Lucas, uh man made man made an MA on uh Instagram. Mm -hmm he's done a bunch of like kind of DIY powder coating of like hammers and stuff. And he even like on his, you know, his like first try it came out better than any spray paint job. And I don't have the space for the, for a powder coating oven at all, but I like, you know, seeing it, it just, I feel like if you have the ability to do small powder coating, especially for you, Paul, like if you're making brackets or stuff for restaurants, like if you can mm-hmm. bring your, if you could bring powder coating in house, like even not yeah. even the time savings, it's just like, not even the money savings it's the time you know yeah well the biggest thing right now is getting the painting situation under control so my plan for painting in my shop is to um basically build a paint booth along one of the walls because my shop is 100 feet by 125 feet and it's split long ways down the middle with columns so i want to take a 50 foot section and then maybe come out 10 or 12 feet from the wall and make a a painting area with some type of a curtain to just block off all the overspray because the shop primer isn't the worst thing in the world because the paint dries before it hits the ground 
and it just turns into dust and you could sweep it up. But I just don't want that dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. And also I, I just want a clean area to paint where there's not metal dust and dust from the concrete floor, you know, coming up onto everything every time I'm trying to spray stuff. So I think that's what I might do. Um, the other challenge is just, you know, having pieces of steel that are up to 40 feet long and just pushing them into a paint booth. So it's kind of hard to push something in long ways, especially with something that has a roof on it, like a booth. You know, if you have a forklift, it's hard because when you're picking up material with a forklift, it's sticking out horizontal. And with a crane, it's hard because it's, it's easy to pick things up with a crane, but you have, you know, the cable above you. So it's hard mm-hmm. to load something into a room with a roof. So my idea is to either use the forklift or use little rollable carts and just drop, you know, beams on the carts and then roll them a couple feet into the booth. And the whole side, the whole long side of the booth is going to be open and I'll just pull a curtain and cover up that whole side and then vent everything out of the building and then just spray like that. Cause I don't know what other option I have. Um, other than I, I got to really take a look at what bigger steel shops do, but a lot That's of bigger steel shops just have machines that prime it. You shoot the beam right through and it primes it. Yeah. So, and it'll blast it and then prime it. And then it comes out, it'll drill the holes. It'll do everything. And it comes out completely finished. No one even has to touch it. Dude, just buy, just, just finance a Python. I'm just going to get like $1.4 million. I'm going to get one of those Vortman. I think Vortman and Pettinghaus are like, they make all those even bigger than the Python. The Python's awesome. Yeah. But like, there's like five other machines that you could use in conjunction yeah. with, because you need a, something that blasts it. You need something that paints it. Well, you, the you Python, know. you can get all that. Oh, they make that? The, I didn't realize Python, that. The Python will do a full, because when they the blast set it up, and it. Up, the, uh, were you were you you weren't there the no. day that the kid from Python was there? Oh, I no. was there. Yeah, you were there. String, String Bean McQueen. Yeah, remember String, String Bean? Bean. String Bean. So, um, uh, he was saying that like they they do the whole beam line. So they'll do oh. it'll etch, it'll it'll blast it'll blast the beam, cut the beam, etch the beam, and then paint the beam after so that the etch for the beam marking is underneath the paint. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is like. That's it's crazy. It's like you could buy that and have probably like three men on the ground and replace like ten guys fabricating. Yeah, it's, you know, it's insane. You know, I got a, um, I got a stupid question. Let yeah. me hear. How do you how do you move everything around your shop? I know you have a forklift. Just a forklift. Tr- so, what do you do if like you have a big job going on? I mean, obviously you just starting and everything but mm-hmm. what does a shop do say you have a decent sized job and you have you know say six things going on at one time do they you have a crane do, really yeah I, i'm 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 like do they make cots like made to move no, you, you stuff use, like that? no they'll just have multiple cranes you'll go into a shop and there'll be six cranes yeah. you know, and forklifts and, yeah, and smaller jib cranes they'll be overhead yeah. cranes going the length of the whole shop they'll have jib yeah. cranes and little some guys might have a little welding station with a jib crane and a chain hoist there's just cranes everywhere so yeah, i'm because everything gets heavy really fast oh it's, yeah and it's like in the, big you know? the problem is if i have a ton of free space like i do now the forklifts so fast you can just drive around and pick stuff yeah, up yeah yeah but once i have machines and stuff mm-hmm. everywhere and the place starts to fill up you have to have a crane yeah, because there's nowhere to drive yeah, yeah, easily, yeah, yeah. and then when yeah. you're driving with a beam, you know, yeah, the thing is sticking out 20 feet, so it's like yeah. driving a car that's 20 feet wide. 
So yeah. that's the other problem. So that's why you need a crane to be able to move things in line with the beam, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking into that now. I think I could build all the track system that the crane runs on and I could just drop the crane right on top. I want to get like a 10 ton overhead crane, at least on one on my structural side first, and maybe a smaller one on the other side, but I don't know. Mm. At yeah, least I'm going to get at least out. one. You can't like, he drives the forklift around to move plate. Yeah. Like moving beams. It's like, you can drive a forklift through, but of driving a forklift is one thing when it's got a 25 foot beam on it. Yeah, or a 40 foot forklift beam. is like impossible. Yeah. Yeah, people around and stuff like that. I'm sure. Even even just fast. stuff around, not even yeah. danger. Yeah. You could be there alone. It'll take you a whole day to get through the shop with a 40 foot beam. Yeah. Trying to spin it and move it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's that's, that's, that's going to be deal cool with that. Yeah, but that that'll be that'll be cool. We just got to figure all that out soon probably because we got some big jobs coming in that are going to require that just uh just get a couple of cans and just you know a couple yeah. of those big magnum spray paint cans and just spray everything outside like i do yeah <laughs> i'm just doing the dusty field that's outside my uh shop with all the trucks driving by every five seconds kicking up dust everywhere People always get on me. It's it happened in a couple of my videos. Anytime I spray paint on the gravel driveway, people are like, don't let anybody see you spray painting outside like that. I'm like, like yeah, someone but, wrote, like, don't let the EPA find out that you're spray painting into the ground like that. Well, like, they, they should see my, you uh, think the EPA is interested in me spray painting into the ground. Yeah. But, but <laughs> what are they, I don't understand because every person that's ever walked into home Depot and bought a spray can has <laughs> never it sprayed it in a spray booth. They're always outside of their yard spraying. Like yeah. I even heard one thing, like my friend whose family owns like car washes. I think he told me technically you're not even supposed to wash your car in your driveway because oh, of I chemicals. It. Yeah, yeah you it's not even, you're supposed to be responsible for all your water. And, and I, 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 like, in a perfect right. world, I wish I had a car wash in my garage, but I don't. Yeah. And I wish I had a paint booth in my in my house, if well, you know, but I don't. Hopefully, I, I'm I, here. I think of that all the time when I spray paint because I spray outside and it's like, you know, sometimes I'll go through like 10 cans in one day and I just think of like all the people that buy all the spray paint. Not believe me, I'm no environmentalist or anything, but just all those cans get sprayed outside in the world. I'm like, holy shit, man. It's just a lot. But I was spraying a bunch of that red sign, that sign that said Poppy. I um, sprayed that on the ground and there was red grass everywhere. And Christine is saying, you got all the grass red. I was like, yeah, next week I'll mow it and it'll be green again. Just you paint know? it green. Yeah, it's like, who gives a shit? Like, it's <laughs> it's going to grow, we'll mow it, and it'll be green. Like, I've seen places paint grass green. I was at a hotel one time and they were setting up for a wedding. And oh, they yeah. had guys out there with spray cans painting the grass green for Absolutely. the wedding. Absolutely, yeah, golf courses. Golf that courses, was a, yeah. That was a, yeah. That was a big thing in California during yeah. one of the big droughts. Yeah. It was like, you know, companies green. come out, they were spraying it. Like, it wasn't paint, you know, it's some sort of, yeah, you know, some sort of, uh, yeah, they, they yeah. say that it's, like, environmentally safe and it's dive. But, yeah, um, but yeah it's, you know, I when we were painting the ramp, <laughs> of course, you know, like, where we, we – uh, on the topic of like what kind of paint to use, right? So like the ramp is going to be outside all the time. It's just plywood. We use the um, we use the exterior house sheathing, and I painted it with like a kills oil based exterior paint. And of course, it, like a massive pile of it gets like spilled in the gravel, and like four days later, it's still not dry because it's oil based paint in like a puddle. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> and like all the rocks are congealed together in that one spot. But it is nice when you don't have to worry about like an actual driveway when you're painting. Like you guys talked about yeah, getting all yeah. the rocks in your driveway. Yeah, yeah. You know? I won't say that the gravel. Uh, I won't say that the gravel driveway's painting abilities make up for its inconveniences in every other way. But you know, <laughs> it is nice to have the gravel for that. So, um, yeah. Speaking of the gravel driveway, that's why I had such a time getting my new machine in to the shop. A new so machine. I got my uh, wonderful four by four Lincoln Electric Torchmate forty four hundred uh, delivered last week. Ooh, so excited. Um, and of course it was, you know, there was so much effort involved with getting it. So like, since I have the gravel driveway and I don't have a forklift, I have to get all my machines delivered to my friend Mario's shop and he's right down the road. But, uh, the, the shipper, the, the shipping company came on like an open sided trailer and you know, my, the, the pallet was huge. The pallet was, it's, uh, six and a half by seven feet. It was like a massive pallet and the shipping company is like oh yeah if you have extended wide forks that would be really great i'm like i have a regular forklift like it is a regular forklift and and i'm lucky to even have access to that you know yeah yep. so my buddy mario unloaded unloaded it for me while i was at work and then he put it on my four by eight harbor freight trailer and everybody doubted that the trailer was going to make it but uh it it did it did great we let it hang over the sides we drove it back to my shop and then we just pushed the trailer in through the doors of the shop to get it inside because I didn't feel like setting up all the plywood. So we like just rolled the trailer into the shop. And then, you know, those like lifting hand trucks that I have. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I happen to have two of them and they'll each lift a thousand pounds or so they say. So in order to get it off the, in order to get it off the, the trailer, we picked up two opposing corners, one with each lifting hand truck, and then had guys on the other two corners stabilizing it, and then we lowered it a little bit at a time after we pulled out the trailer. And it was perfect. It worked out great. But, uh, yeah, the gravel driveway, man. I would have had a forklift ten times over if I just had a freaking paved driveway. Just paved it. Yeah. Or put process down, or will they not drain through that? No, Just, it won't drain. That's the problem. The only thing, the only thing I could really put down is that like super porous asphalt. Have you ever seen that? I've seen that. Yeah. The, the, yeah. But I think the, the only nice way I could do it, the only way I could do it, is by adding a third dry well. I think because I think right now with the two dry wells, that's the only reason my shop floods is when the dry well, the, the dry well that I use can't keep up so like if i put in a third dry well with a big like full size kind of grid grade on it my shop would probably never flood because all the water would have somewhere to go and it would you know it wouldn't be able to fill up it was like three rings deep Mm. but you know that's that's a pretty significant cost uh and then you just got to move and i start digging up you know someone else's prop like building are you never moving really so because you're stuck. You can't get that stuff out of there. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the other thing. The is if, uh, if, if things go in the direction that they might be going in over the next couple of months, I might be bringing a 5 by 5 acorn table up to your shop, Paul. I'm, I can't wait for you to do that because you don't use it. You just put yeah. a piece of quarter-inch plate on top of it. That's it right. goes to waste. I'll buy yeah. it from you. I think uh, – Because it's getting out of control at your I place. Think, 
Well, I think if I if I get the table that I want to get, um, oh, oh yeah, you know, if I get a new table, I don't want I I I don't like somebody gave me this acorn table. Is it nice? I, I haven't even really seen the top of it. It's not bad. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not it's not perfect. You know, like it'd be mm-hmm. great if you had it flattened, but it's yeah, uh, it's like somebody gave it to me, and it's like I feel like I can't sell it. Oh, I, I see. I feel like if I brought oh, it to too. your shop and it was just there, you know, like if this guy long term storage exactly, and like obviously, you know, the guy that gave it to me knows that I'm using it, so it wouldn't be any different from you using it, and chances yeah. are it would just be yours forever. Um, yeah, but I would feel terrible if if my friend if my friend Ted he moved out to California, um, but like you know essentially wound up at my shop for long-term storage and i just wouldn't feel right selling it without like giving him money and also too honestly even if i sold it nobody is going to come here capable of moving it oh yeah yeah that's going to be quite the operation my best bet i had it towed here on a flatbed that's how big and heavy what's it it weigh like 2500 pounds probably 2500 yeah Um, i mean it's like you know it's uh it's inch and a half if not if not two inches thick on top five yeah. by five you know it's a it's a serious table so my best bet would be to you know like move it myself and just move it somewhere where like i know when i got there it would just be you know we could just move it with the forklift or whatever yeah. you know? um so See, i like those tables for you know kind of rougher fabrication or like you know heavy mig welding you got something really mm-hmm. heavy you want to put on them like it's good to have those types of tables. Like I have that acorn table that I still need to get flattened, but you know you could beat on it like an anvil. You could yeah you could set mm-hmm. up jigs on there if you want to use an oxyacetylene torch and bend stuff on there. It's great. And then I also, which hopefully I'll be getting, is like a really nice perfect fixture table for TIG welding. Yeah. Just for all the really fine, high quality welding, precision welding stuff, you're doing a nice, legit, brand new fixture table, and then you have the acorn tables for the rougher stuff. Just yeah. Do you see the video Jason did Fireball Tools about the tables? Oh, he compared them all. God, crazy. I love that weld sale one. It's oh my a brand God. new acorn table where it's like perfect. Dude, that is crazy. That's some serious dough. Those tables. Yeah. I mean, you know, if that's what your, you know, your, yeah. your oh, yeah. piece is only as flat, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I the, the whole point of me even eventually getting rid of this table is to replace. Right now, I have it's a five by five, and I have a two foot by five foot like other table on the side of it, so it's like a five by seven. But mm-hmm. I, the plan is to, uh, you know, wind up with a four by eight fixture yeah, table. Yeah, that's exactly what you need. And then you got that little one for the 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 T slot one for you know, whatever else you might need. Yeah. Either that, or I'm just going to get a, a, f- a four by eight piece of like one inch plate and just build a, you know, like a heavy flat table. That's just yeah. flat. You know, like it won't be perfect. Cause it'll be, you know, a piece of hot roll plate. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if, if I can get something, uh, if I can get something big and, and flat and heavy because like even this table now like so i have the quarter inch plate on it and it's welded around the edges when we were making those huge hinges for matt we had a hinge red hot we had just textured we put it on the table and it ballooned the whole center of the quarter inch plate yeah 
the table got so hot it warped the whole piece of plate up in the center and it's like you know i do a lot of like table bases and little furniture pieces and to have like a bubble in the middle of my table means mm-hmm. i have to like shim around it it's, it's so yeah. um you know and there are so many great fixture tables you know especially from like stronghand um that are uh you know that they're they're made for you know getting stuff flat and perfect and it's like if you're going to make that kind of stuff you know yeah um, you need more yeah. That's, that's not, why I just got the new blade for the cold saw, you know, because it's like I just need something that's going to make precision stuff. Yeah, yeah. When I got that table from Weld Tables. It just made welding everything so much easier. And, you know, it's like it is amazing just with the right table. And I thought it was a crock, you know. I mean, I got the table from them, and I'm grateful. But it's a big expense. But it is like if you don't have something flat to weld on and a way to hold stuff down, it's not like woodworking. Like you need to hold shit down yeah. to work on it. it and moves. It works. Yeah, you got to yeah. clamp the stuff down. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. But it, it, what, what a difference it makes having the right stuff, you know. That's why I swear by the firewall tool squares. I, yeah. I Anytime you have to weld something at a 90-degree angle or 45-degree angle, or even now I have the one that you could lock in at all different angles, you have to yeah. use it. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Like tack it and then use a framing square and then yeah. weld it and it's going to warp yeah. again. It's like, what do you, you can't just, you can't screw around. Yeah. You just got to use the right tool. It's, it's worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm about mm-hmm. to get a bunch of um, aluminum ones that I'm just going to keep for all the stainless stuff and just keep them separate and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I still need to get some more cast iron ones because I just love them for, you know, everything. Yeah. They're so nice. And, and like, talk to him again, see if you can get kind of a set, see what he'd recommend. You know, tell him, say, yeah. you know, hey, should, you know, you might say get this mount of this type. And, you know, yeah. What I mean? Yeah. I got to get the the smaller ones too, because I have like four big ones and then the uh-huh. two little minion ones. But I want to get mm-hmm. some of the smaller ones because they'll be helpful too. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just love them. They're, they're such a great product. They, they are. They're so well made. And they oh, just, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's cool. It's cool seeing things made out of like cast iron, like mm-hmm. old school. So it's not just some stamped thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that you buy. It's a quality tool that, you know, unless it, I, I don't even think you'd be able to break it, but unless you really, unless you cut an half or something, like it's yeah. going to be like mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's the cool. way that his is like gusseted in all those spots too, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a pretty significant shot. You know, like you could, yeah. Cast iron can be a little brittle, but I, I'd have to guess like, You'd really have to try to break his squares. Yeah, I've dropped would. mine before yeah. for table height. And then, like, the corner, like, it gets a nick in it. And you know what I've done? I've just taken that little Milwaukee die grinder, and I'll just mm-hmm. chamfer the corners a little bit, and then it's yeah. fine. So yeah, he, that's what he was saying, that you could drop them table height, and they won't break. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. onto concrete, like yeah. hard concrete, and they yeah. they were fine. So Yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's like, uh, for a while, you know, the, those little squares that I used, those Ollie iron squares, you know, those were made by a kid, like he was running them off of his plasma table and they were like, they're a great, like knock around, you know, cause they're just steel. Yeah. Um, and you know, before that I was just like using whatever I could find. And just recently I'm working on a video, uh, for my channel. I'm just going to show off like a bunch of kind of convenient welding accessories, that are all under $50. And I, I wanted to feature the Ollie Iron ones because I think the cheapest squares that Jason makes are a little more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about 
Jason's squares in the video just because, you know, just because they're not inexpensive doesn't mean that you shouldn't buy them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, his minion squares are 100 bucks for the aluminum ones mm-hmm. for the pair. But, like, you go oh, on... No, no, it's not. I just got a set. You go on, like, Amazon, and they sell these, like, 90-degree, like, corner jigs, they call them, and, like, they just look like garbage. They look like... Like, they look horrible. I think they're press break, press break bent, you know, chrome-plated junk. Um, and I ordered a set of them. You can get four of these things for 30 bucks from Amazon. <laughs> and they're supposed to be quarter-inch plate, and they've got fixture holes in them. I'm interested to see, like, how square they are, you know? <laughs> and maybe for, like, you know, throwing together little frames, they might be good because you can just kind of use them and then, you know, if they get messed up, you just sort of like throw them out. But uh, yeah, fixturing. I just finally bought one of those. Uh, you ever seen the Stronghand Grasshopper? The little hold down pin. Mm, yeah, I'm not right. sure. It's like a Stronghand magnet with a, a spring action like presser foot. Hold on, I'm gonna get it and show you guys. Um, it's called a Grasshopper. Hold on one sec. Turn my camera. Sounds like he's in a windstorm. I, I, I know. You at the beach, Chris? Please, running around the shop. Yeah, look at him. He's crazy. You ever seen this before? So for those of you that are listening, because there is no Oh, wait, there. wait, wait. I've seen that. So it's oh, that's a, pretty cool. It's a two-pad magnet with a spring-action finger. So if you're welding, like, a tab onto a pipe, oh, yeah, I see. it'll, it'll it's hold It's like a better down. version of a third hand. Exactly. It's a spring-loaded version of a third hand. Um, oh, that's cool. And uh, if you follow us on Instagram, at Handmade Podcast on Instagram, you'll be able to see a photo of this if any of us remember to post on the Instagram, yeah. which none of us ever do. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, when I – just recently when I made a pair of legs, a pair of table legs for a client, um, he does woodworking, and I just made the legs for him. And, like, I just – it was just such a pain in the ass to do it right. You know, like, all the pieces were cut right, and everything was beveled, and, and I, you know, I had angle guides and everything, but, like – when I was done, you know, everything should have, they should have been perfect. Mm. And when I was done, I'm looking at the legs and like one of the legs before I welded the top plate on, I just checked everything to make sure they were the same height. Yeah. That was like a quarter inch taller than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh Jesus Christ. So I like, you know, I, I scribed it and I corrected it with the, uh, with the grinder. And when I was done, they were, you know, they were perfect, but like, you know, I'm using the stupid, cold cutting chop saw that sucks those are only you know, so good i don't i feel like they're only good for like rough cutting material if you're yeah. building like like even that i mean like you know it's it's how far out of tolerance are you really going to allow yourself to go you know like um but yeah i don't and know for structural I, uh, stuff that'd be fine if you're yeah. a 16th out or a 32nd but it's like for fine furniture mm-hmm. it's a little harder i guess yeah and it's like you know those things like they don't have a really good miter gauge it's not like you're cutting on like a miter saw for yeah dial in the angle and you know like you know that you can cut you know a 64th off if you just kind of skim it i'm excited i i finally got a new uh cold saw blade uh, from this company, Cal- California Cold Saws, I think. Um, and I just found it on their website, and it's this, you know, nitride-coated blade, and it looks really nice. I got it today. I'm, I'm really excited to try it and see if it makes my cold saw not 
you know, vibrate like crazy. Yeah. Because I feel like if I can dial in a cold saw, it'll really just make, I think it'll just make the jobs that I do that are precise, just so much more enjoyable knowing that I can cut everything clamp it up and it's just going to be the right size instead of like you know when you're making a frame out of steel and you got to cheat that last corner yeah you know it's just like who wants to who wants to deal with that yeah you, know? you gotta if have a nice... woodworking frame you would just made it all right yeah you know? well the problem is you can't go back it's funny like i was working with fred and fred mostly has always worked with wood and then he mm-hmm. cut something and it was like uh, i don't know like an eighth maybe bare, a little less maybe 330 seconds long and then he's like, oh, let me just go, like, skim that little bit off yeah. on the cold. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. No. Like, the blade just flexes and goes right around the other side. Yeah. It doesn't even cut. At like, that so point, you got to cut it. it and use the grinder. Yeah, know? yeah. So I, that's my next project is trying to get – I was actually bidding on a cold saw today, but then I ended up going too high. And it was just Did you get the, uh, a marble? No, no, I, I, I want that. I got so many things I need to get between the truck and the Marvel and a cold saw and welders. How'd that auction go today? It was good. I was try, I was bidding on that Scotchman cold saw that I really wanted. It was brand new. Yeah. But then at the price it was at, I only was going to go so high because by the time you add the fees and the yeah. taxes and the renting, uh, I didn't need a trailer for that. But yeah. driving down there, it would have cost as much to get that at a specific price than it would to just buy it new. It was actually a brand new saw on its crate, which was yeah. weird at an auction. So if I could get it for half, I was going to get it. But if, yeah. but you know, once you're at two thirds of the retail price or a little higher, it's going to cost you the same after fees to just, yeah. I, I could just buy a brand new saw. It was like a $7,000 saw. I'll just yeah. buy it and have it shipped here on a pallet. I was so, gonna say you could buy a Scotchman from Trick Tools for yeah. two hundred bucks, and you could finance it for probably zero percent. Oh yeah, you know, like get it delivered. You know? Yeah, like, so I, that's my next thing. I need a cold saw because I use it all the time for railings and stuff. So I got to figure that out. I want a nice setup with roller tables and and an outfeed table with a stop block on it with like a little ruler. So if I want, if I have to make a hundred cuts at thirty six inches, I just slide the thing over lock it down and i just have a stop lock ready to go yeah so that's my next thing and then that and a truck and then after that i'll worry about the marvel but i gotta yeah. get a marvel I how much did that bad. one go for today did you last i looked at it it was at 11 or 12 grand that was also a brand new marvel which the people don't know is a thirty thousand dollar saw but it's like the saw to get mm-hmm. um everyone uses one unless you're like so big that you need an even bigger saw than that. In that case, you'd get like like a Vortman one or something, or I don't even know. What type saw is it? What's it? It's it's a it's a bandsaw. It's like instead of a chopping bandsaw, it it's upright and it moves yeah. in and out. Sometimes uh, they're called a roll-in saw. Yeah, yeah. So the table moves and the blade. Well, the blade moves and slides in the table vertically. So it looks like if you took a portaband and stood oh. it upright and then put it on a track so it could slide in and out uh-huh. and there was a slot yeah. in the table but it's just a yeah. huge version of that and it might have fireball has one and he he's got an, a really old thing. one that looks really yeah. cool it's like a vintage one yeah uh, but they're they're great saws i just got to find the right one um and that would have been good today but it's just that stuff's a lot of money i gotta you know got a lot of expenses yeah. <laughs> but That's i'll figure it out i hear you uh, there's a there's a marvel on ebay that i i've seen pop up a couple times but yeah I don't know. It, there's i mean you know it, it's tough like you know you can find them 
and you know sometimes they're 20 grand used and it's like yeah yeah in that case it doesn't make sense to buy a used one if you're gonna spend 20 yeah. grand it's like just get it just spend 30 and get a new one and you'll have you know twice as much life still left in it mm-hmm. it's got to be the right deal that that's what i realized like the used stuff is great if it's the right deal but in some situations it's just sometimes better to just buy the thing new and you'll get twice mm-hmm. the lifespan out of it like it's more expensive now but you know when the used thing breaks in five years, this new one will last maybe ten. So it depends on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Like I was this- actually looking at an auction um, in New Jersey, and they had a. It was actually it looked kind of cool. It was an eight-inch benchtop mm-hmm. cold saw. Oh so really? It was, like, it was almost like a miter box, you know. But it was a, a oh. jet, no coolant. Eh. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, maybe it'll go cheap, you know. Yeah. Like, um and it might be like you need that yeah you know (laughs) right with all your other ones listen listen okay with your you can sit that next to your 14 inch one i thought maybe it would go cheap right and there was also there was a bunch of stuff at this auction it was and it was in new jersey one of them was like a really nice um like bridgeport clone from royal with all this stuff yeah. And I'm watching this auction and it was like it was a it was a sleeper. So like everything was cheap. Oh like, yeah. Real cheap. Then today the auction started going. The freaking ten inch bench top cold saw went for nine hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Ten or eight inch. Jeez, eight inch. Oh wow, I've never even seen an eight. What are you gonna cut on that? Like toothpicks? It's for like it's for like one inch tubing. But, yeah. But used before fees. That's that's a lot of money. Oh, that's going to be twelve hundred bucks. That's a twelve hundred dollars saw. I can go online and buy a brand new Bailey for eleven ninety five and oh, probably wow, find crazy. a way to get free shipping. You know, yeah, it's brand new. No one's messed with it. No one's like, you know, like ran into the ground. You know, it's it's. I don't know. Some of these. Some lately. Some, some of these get carried away. Crazy. I know. Well, also too, I think a lot of people now are like. People ask me all the time about bidding in auctions, and a lot of them have no concept of the fees. Yeah. Like, it's 26%, at least in New York, it's 26% on the dollar. That's a lot. Between what? The fees and the taxes, right? Yeah. So it's 18% fee, 8.5% tax. Yeah. Yeah. So that means on your $1,000, like, great deal, it's costing you $1,250. And if you buy something that's 1000 bucks, chances are you got to hire a rigger to move it. Yeah, you know, that's the, and you're renting a trailer. And yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's it has to be the right deal. Yeah, the milling like, machine I was looking at that I thought would go cheap went for thirty four hundred. Oh my god, you that's know? a lot of money for a Bridgeport clone. Yeah, so thirty four hundred. Have a DRO on it. Is over four grand. It had a DRO, uh, um, but you know, still it had a lot. A, it had a mismatched head, so like you know, like the head was like three different colors. So who knows what, you know, who knows what's been done to it. You know what I mean? It's just like $4,000 is a lot of money. You could probably go to a dealer, you know, like a machinery dealer that's going to, you know, uh, certify or, or tell you that at least that it yeah. works. You're buying from an auction. It's sight unseen, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I have crazy this, out there. I have this, uh, this constant, this constant eyes open for a new bridge port because I just, I don't love my bridge port and it really needs to be kind of redone. But before I spend the time and money to like go through my whole machine, I feel like I could get one, like yeah. I could the right deal and just get one cheap. You got to get a variable speed one. Yeah. And I just have so much other stuff to do. Plus I have two other milling machines. So it's not like I uh, really need to deal with that. 
you know. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a sickness. It really is. <laughs> and you know what? Let's talk about the sickness. Our friend Tyler Bell just bought like his first like piece of vintage machinery. Oh yeah, I, what the hell was that thing? I saw that. I thought he bought this was that the same thing. He bought that cool little. It's like a little press bender it's like this kind of lever action bender it's almost like a horizontal press break where you have like a top die and a top die and a bottom die yeah and it's really like bending little bits of sheet metal and stuff and um you know i'd never seen one before he sent it to me on craigslist and was like hey what do you think and i you know i told him to ask andrew um you know because when you, I feel like when you come up with something that you've never seen before, it's either worth a ton of money or it's worth like absolutely nothing. Yeah. But Andrew, you know, I guess gave him high praise on it and was like, dude, if you can get it, get it. So, but he was messaging me and he's like, he's like, I like, I'm so excited to get it. Like, you know, it's that feeling of like, you're getting a, an old vintage machine that you've never seen before that you think you need. And I'm like, dude, we got to yeah. get you a room machine. He's like, I got no room. I'm like, well, then it's time to move out. Time to get a shop. Sell him one of your many well, milling I machines. Mean, I have a list of people that want a benchtop milling machine that, you know, every time one comes up, I always offer it to like, you know, I go to the first guy, I text him, hey, you should buy this. Oh, I can't, you know, I got this going on. I got a no room, whatever. Yeah. Then I text the next guy, oh, hey, you know, here's this. I, everyone, there's always somebody looking for, you know, stuff. I mean, right yeah. now, a bunch of anvils have come up. Yeah. I texted a bunch of people, like uh, that kid Rob Rojas that's been working with Jimmy. He's got oh, yeah. two pretty nice size anvils that he's trying to sell. So I reached out to a couple people that are like, I definitely want an anvil. As soon as you find one, let me know. And, and of you, course, you tell them and they don't want They one. don't want it. You know, it's like, and like, you know. Every everybody wants them until it's time to spend their money, right? Yeah. When Tyler posted that, I thought the same thing. Like you could hear in his voice, like how giddy he was. Yeah. Like this kid's gonna be buying another tool like really soon. You know? Well, it's so funny because did you if you listen to the story, like he had just seen that machine for the first time yeah. at his job. They had just yeah. taken it out of storage. Yeah. And he thought how cool it was, and he happened to go on Craigslist and find one, which That's is so funny. miracle because I mean I'm on you know all these sales sites every day i've never seen a machine like that never. i know it's so weird it's a very obscure machine it's got to be for a very specific task in like a factory mm -hmm. like yeah because it made a little like notch like it notched mm -hmm. the material and then it made a little bent and like it seemed to be relatively thin stuff mm -hmm. yeah. like a 22 gauge sheet metal like little strips of it which was interesting mm -hmm. I like how he's like, I'm going to make it pneumatic or, you know, mm -hmm. he's like going to jazz it up. Well, that's the best part, though, about about Tyler is that he'll, like, find a way to use that to make some oh, yeah. ridiculous well, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it'll go to good use, and he, like, already wants to make tooling for it and everything. So everybody go follow uh, Tyler Bell on Instagram. You can see what we're talking about, his little bender. So... That being said, we know what we've been up to. What do you guys have going on in the next week? Derek, what do you got going on? So you're working on the trophy. You're trying to get that all finished? Yeah, yeah I try to get that finished. I'm going to be, um, you know, busy for um, a little bit of time. So I have to get everything I'm working on done. And it's not a ton of stuff, but it's enough to, you know, aggravate me to make sure I need to get it done. So I may be taking some more time off of work. 
um, before that project and, um, you know, tie up some loose ends and stuff like that, things I have to do. But um, I don't really have anything new I'm working on. I have a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to look at the list over there. I can't see it. It's too far. But, um, <laughs> you know, I have like probably like five or six things I have to do. Um, I want to make some furniture, some end tables. I have so much wood in the shop that I'm just trying to get rid of, you know. And obviously, I'm not going to throw it out. But um, I want to make a set of end tables. But that's about it. I don't um, really have much going on. It's been slow, 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 slow. But I'm sure, like, you know, with all the stuff you've been posting on social media, I'm sure you've got to be getting requests or at least inquiries for people oh, saying, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I want this or, you know, I'm thinking about getting this made. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. Um, I've told everybody it's pretty good. I mean, because people like a lot of people are already starting to talk about Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So I'm kind of like pushing them off a little bit. And, um, you know, because I, I just I don't have the time. You know, it's amazing. It's. You know, I get out of work pretty early, but it is, you know, by the time I get home, it's just so hard to get anything done, you know. But, um, you know, so if you want something done, you better, like, hurry up and let me know because I'm not going to have time to help you. <laughs> That's going to be my thing. I'm going to have to push people off, but, you know. But um, the trophy's the main thing. I got to get that trophy done, and, um, you know, the guy's just so excited about it. It's at a point where... It's just got to be pretty much assembled, like finished and assembled. So I'm in a good spot with it. But it's just, you know, it it's a lot of money and it has to be done. It's one of those things that has to be done. So that's my main focus is the trophy. So nice. that's, that's all I'm working on. So. Paul, what do you got coming up? Um, well, I'm, I got a couple different things going on. I'm currently working on just some small railings for like a front porch. Um, I have to do more railings for inside the same house. Um, then I'm I'm making another YouTube video. I have a plan. I have an idea. I want to... Oh. It's been too long. It's been way too long. I've been so busy. So I had to take the time. I'm going to film a video. I have my friend Milo, who I met at high school. He's, like, really good with, like, cameras and stuff. He's going to just come down and, and film it for me because I want to try making a video and have someone actually film the video for me because I feel like it'd be so much better and so much quicker and easier. So I'm going to do that at some point this week. Um, I'm learning about that, that, like having a filmer with these kids with the ramp project. Yeah, it's so like, nice. It just, seems like, it just seems so nice to have a filmer. Like he gets every like moment, you know, like when something's happening, like, you know, if you know something interesting's happening, you get the you just say, hey, like make sure you get this, you know, as opposed to like, oh, my camera's just a little farther away, and I really yeah. don't want to, like, you know, drag it up. Uh, it, it, I'm so envious of the filmer. Like this kid's got no time off, but I wish he had like an extra day. I'd have him come film for me one day a week. That's why I want to have this kid just come. And I'm like, listen, I'll give you like the money that it, like the video makes because like I don't even care. I just want to make videos. But it's cool. I met him in high school. He's doing like film school right now. He's in college, which sucks because, but I don't know, like he might be home because of this Corona stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he's even going back to school, but I don't know. Have I ever told you guys about my high school? No. Why? What happened? High school. I don't even know if I should, (laughs) I don't even know if I should say this. I, I, it's, it's, you're not like, I didn't even know this was possible. My high school was like freaking crazy. Someone a company bought the school after I graduated. Did you even know that was possible? I mean, no. you could buy anything. 
they, they literally bought the school, which I didn't even think was possible. It was like the weirdest thing ever. So, it was so like was a Chinese like horrifically in debt, and they it was like kind of, of in debt, and like it's this a freaking school? no 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 it's a private oh, okay. school. Okay. Um, and this freaking like principal came in. She, uh, I, I don't know. It was not good. No one liked her, and like. I graduated. She was there for another year. This is the craziest thing ever. She was there for another year. She sold the school to a Chinese company, right? That bought like multiple other schools around the country. Leaves to a South American country. We find out that the, the school sold for like not that much money. It's on a huge piece of property in like a city. What's going on here? Is yeah. there some type of a deal? You know, sold this property in the middle of a city for not that I don't know. It was like, I probably shouldn't even be saying this. And then some kids, there were rumors going around that the company, like, like was being investigated by the FBI. It was like the craziest thing ever. And they, like, defaulted on their law. It was really weird. I don't know. It was the craziest freaking school. It was a great school at, at first. And That's now so I guess funny. it's a for-profit school, which I didn't even know was possible. That's well, have you guys have you guys school. seen the the trailer for that movie? I think it's called Bad Education. It's with Hugh Jackman and a couple other actors. No, uh, it came out. I think they released it like it came out during COVID, and I think they put it either on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. But it's about it's about the school district two towns over from me. Oh yeah, the uh, principal or the superintendent. I don't know what it was. Was like he was uh, stealing money. He was embezzling money from the district, oh, like yeah. hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, <laughs> oh, my God. and also like faking test scores to raise property values in the neighborhood uh, to make the school system look better. And yeah, and then got the down. yeah, and then got caught. And like, I think I want to say like his secretary took the fall at first because like she wouldn't have gotten in as much trouble. And really, anyway, I haven't watched the movie yet, um, but. Uh, it, it's it's just it's insane what uh, what well it's it's funny I'll share a quick story with you so my last name is it's been changed it's not my actual last name but anyways I had so it's kind of a unique name you know I don't the way it's spelt and everything so I had some cousins that lived a couple towns over from me obviously with the same last name mm-hmm. and they kind of had like a a checkered you know like history you know and um so people would say oh you know are you related to the foresters from over here well it just so happened the superintendent of schools over there had the same last name but no relation so whenever somebody said something i'd always be like oh yeah the foresters from everett yeah i'm related to them you know and i wouldn't say which one so they'd be like oh you know it's just like good it's the good ones here the good ones well that superintendent gets caught for embezzling money, goes to Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm screwed. I can't use either family now, you know? So it just, you know, it, it screwed know. me. These, but I had one family that was, like, you know, legit, and then one that wasn't too legit. So These, these people running these schools, I don't know about them. Well, that's what I think if there's any FBI agents listening to me, listening yeah. to this podcast, I'll, well, I'll let you know what the hell is going on because I think there's some foul play going on. It's China funny. owns my school, my old high school now, you know. In Massachusetts, they have all, like, those MCAS tests. And, like you say, they, they lie on them for, like, mm-hmm. you know, property values and all the stuff. So now with the COVID, 
all these kids being homeschooled. They're trying to stop them now. Oh. And, it, and it's amazing because there's so many kids, you know, teachers hated it because they had to teach the kids for the test. And now they're dropping it. And like these kids that didn't graduate because they didn't pass the test. It's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, it's like, you know, this test was so important, but you know, it's amazing. The schools, the power they have in the communities, you know, but I think schools got to change because like, I, I, no one taught me about like taxes. No one taught me about managing money. Nobody taught me about finances, you know, how to write a check. Like none of the, none of the stuff that everybody is, is guaranteed to need to know how to do. They don't have time. I remember going to my kids say, they said they don't teach them how to read a clock. Yeah, no, I remember kids couldn't read the regular like clock with yeah. hands on it. They can only get like, a digital clock. They don't know how to, I mean, do you know how to write cursive, Paul? I, mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't even it's spell. It's a, I'm, I'm the worst at spelling. No, no, no the Chinese ball. Your your school. That's the only one worse than me is Jimmy. But I might be spell. worse than both you guys. I literally just can't spell anything. Like I'll the, just the, spell it the way it sounds. Like the, be- the best is when I was up at Jimmy's and we made that huge poster. Yeah, and we oh, God, both we both, both proofread it and then it was spelled wrong. And then instantly on Instagram, somebody picked it up. Oh, I can't I spell. Like, I saw a thing on one of the CNC groups I'm on on Facebook where a guy posts this beautiful sign and he's like spent like a week figuring out how to do the tool path and designing it, blah, 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 all to spell the first name of the sign wrong. I was, and it was such a nice sign. It was like a 3D carved MDF, like with multiple steps. Like it looked like it must have been like a 10 hour car. Yeah. you know, like multiple la- layers, and he was doing it on an X carve, so you know it took like six <laughs> no, it took eight. a year. I, I, and and he just poor guy to spell the freaking name wrong. Oh, I always God. send like my posts to Christina and say, "Can you check the spelling on these?" You know, because it just always, always, always something to spell. Every I time know. I send a text and I, there's like a challenging word, I'll highlight it and I'll click look up. You know, how you can like yeah. quickly do that, yep. and I'll read the dictionary definition to make sure the thing is spelled right. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. I can't spell it all, but I could do other things. So when I was working yeah, in the city, when I was working in the city, I constantly used to get like shit on by my partner, the other PM, about how like my email had like eleven misspellings in it, and yeah. I'd be like, you know what, Vanessa, but you know what, getting the point across. They know what you, they know what you were trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. If they yeah. did, then okay. You know, it's not. You know, you're not a, a lawyer or something. Exactly. I'm not. Everyone's got to relax. Definitely not a lawyer. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get. I don't get what's going on in schools. I, I, there's a lot of stuff that they should tell me that I don't know. But, that, but good much. thing I learned about you know the punit squares or whatever the hell those things were. What is that? Biology or something? I didn't take biology. Like I don't know. It's like I I, I, t- I took physics because we didn't have to do a science fair project. I I, I took stuff. Spanish from like first so grade bad. to to junior year i can't speak any spanish yeah like, i can't speak way, any I'm spanish so embarrassed like but i have like eight or nine years of spanish i have oh. eight or nine years of spanish one under my belt yeah it's like exactly. i could tell you like a couple of things yeah. and i can tell you i'm so like feliz cumpleaños yeah adios muchacho <laughs> that's about all you know I the thing do. i know how to you know the one phrase i know how to spell the best i know how to say the best in spanish what? is can i go to the bathroom because you couldn't yeah. ask to leave the Something class unless el- you add el- el- albano oh my god that's it that's it the only 
It's the only thing that you had to know how to say. Otherwise, you couldn't get the hell out of Spanish class. Yeah. Well, how, how, about, how about I just shit my pants? Well, that would have been a good one to know. <laughs> I, oh, oh, don't I want to say real quick? I wanted to thank everybody for that, um, one of these um, spray paint shakers. And I did put it up on the Instagram to make everything. Uh, what is it? What's our Instagram? <laughs> make everything. And yeah. handmade podcast. It's <laughs> at make everything. Yeah, that's your, your Instagram. Follow, follow me for that one to put it up. But no, I um, the guy kept it, invented this thing. I um, you know, when I ordered mine, I ended up talking to the guy, and he was such a nice guy. And that's what they like, oh, I've mentioned it ten times now. That you know, I bought my own, but um. You know, he, I just wanted to help the guy out. He was such a good guy. He said his sales are up, and, you know, he was really thrilled with everybody that bought them. And uh, it was just funny. It was a funny story. When I bought this, I when I was talking to him, actually, I ordered some spray paint, and the order got lost. And the company I was dealing with, I kept getting disconnected about five times. So, uh, you know, I was joking around with the guy. So it got disconnected again, and the phone rang, and I answered it. And I says, Jesus Christ, where the hell are you? And he goes, oh, I'm in Indiana. I was like, Jesus, get some better phone service. So we start talking. It ended up being the spray paint shaker guy, <laughs> not the spray paint guy. Oh. And um, that's how we started talking and stuff. But his name's Kip, and he was just really a good guy. And uh, it was mixed quick tools. And um, we'll put some kind of link there. So if anybody's interested in getting one. But it just it makes it so easy to shake the spray paint. It's nice, you know. Some, somebody commented on my Instagram. And I don't. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to call him out. Um, I'm sorry. He, might call him listen, out. he might listen to the he podcast. He'll check. know who it is. Oh yeah. So I posted it, and I posted the video of the of the spray paint shaker, and I think it's fantastic. It's a great idea. If you've ever undershook spray paint and messed something up because you didn't shake it enough, you know how important it is to shake a can of spray paint. So I posted it, and obviously, like uh, the guy must have not listened to what I said because I thanked you know the guy from a uh, quick mix spray paint shaker for giving it to me his response to me this guy watches the video responds to my story and he writes sucker and i'm like sucker <laughs> like like i'm a sucker for buying it what? all right it's like okay so i'm gonna go actually and i'm gonna read exactly what he wrote tell me who this is and show I me said, no, show me on the video i want to see who wrote, it is why no sucker and i wrote it's pretty sweet he said i'm sure it's cool but i have never once pick up picked up a spray can and said i need a shaker then he's not that shaking is absolute it bullshit. There is no show me the screen. Who is it? You've no. ever picked up? You've ever picked up a can of spray paint? No. And you're outside in the heat and you're shaking it, waiting for the for he's, the things to rattle. He's never shaking. I know it who right. the hell that is. Yeah, he's never shaking it right because that's yeah. what Max said to me, my son. Mm-hmm. And I said, here, here's a can of spray paint. I want you to shake this for a minute to two a minute two and minutes. a half. Is that what you're supposed to do? Two minutes. Yeah, I've never done that in my life. I've never done it in my life. I do a little five-second, like, and then then after five seconds, I'm spraying. Well, people don't realize the the Rust-Oleum paint with the um, primer in it, that has, like, gray primer in it. If you don't shake that, you'll get gray paint. Like, it must separate or something like that. Especially, like, the white and stuff like that. You get two different colors coming out of the can. And I'm telling you, it's a pain in the ass. Well, especially to do what you're doing, like proper, oh, yeah. just high quality, 
spray yeah, painting pretty it's much. Just a, it's just a lot of shaking yeah. that's unnecessary. When I was in college, I had developed this little product. It was like a camera handle thing. And I was, I, I and this was like kind of before anybody had really made a good tutorial on hydro dipping, you know, when you like, oh, yeah. so I was making this product and it was made out of steel and I really wanted it to be like, you know, professional quality. So I was looking into powder coaters and it would draw my price up too high. So what I would do is I would take all the steel and aluminum parts and I would sandblast them at my school. And then I built like a little spray booth in my apartment with one of those like window exhaust fans. Mm -hmm. And I would paint the, I would paint the stuff in my apartment and I would let it dry. And then I would sand it between coats. And I noticed, I learned a lot about like, if you don't shake the paint enough, it makes such a big difference especially when you're using like a semi-gloss right because you've got a glossifier in the paint like mm -hmm. it's not just paint there's yeah. other additives in it and i used to like i used to shake the paint can for two minutes and keeping the paint cans warm is a big thing too like if you keep your paint outside or if you spray paint if you if the temperature of the paint is uh different than the temperature of the material you're spraying like if you try uh, to warm spray paint on a cold piece of steel Sometimes the paint won't adhere the same way, but like had I had this little paint shaker thing then, oh my God, my life would have been so much easier. So, I mean, what is it, 30 bucks, Derek, to buy the thing? Yeah, yeah, you get to a point in your life where you're just like, you know what, just give me a, I don't care what it is, you know? I'm it's... telling you right now, if that thing was in Home Depot for like, I don't know if 30 bucks would do it at Home Depot, but if it was like 19.99 well, in Home Depot next to the spray paint, they would yeah. Thousands of them would have sold. I would yeah. have bought one the first time I saw it. I would have been well, like, hey, Bob, it's, Bob. it's funny because like it, it, it's, you know, it's not cheap, cheap. It's not real expensive, but you know, it is, but it's, it's real quality. Like the buckle on it. Like, cause I, that's what was like, you know, my uh, Jordan, he was saying, uh, he was saying how he's like, Oh, I was going to invent that thing. He actually tried to get Tyler bell to make one of these for mm -hmm. him. And Tyler's like, dude, they make that thing. But, um, you know, I had the same idea. I'm like, oh, I'm going to invent this thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, like the buckle he uses off it, it's like off a, a snowboard binder yeah. and stuff. So he doesn't use cheap stuff, you know, it's, and it's just really well made and everything like that. So, I mean, I, I think it's a great, great thing. And, uh, you know, he's a great guy and, you know, made in the USA and he's just a, a nice guy. And I'm uh, backing him. So it's that's cool. Yeah, it 100%. is. Yeah. 100%. So. You know, he he, uh, he sent me a little note with the ones that he sent me, and and oh, they're absolutely going to get used. Yeah, that just yeah. you know, he said, uh, you know, he said, use it, enjoy it, share yeah. it if you like it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, super it's, sweet guy. It's great. That's the kind of person you want to get behind. You know, exactly. Like, exactly. Like we were talking about Jason from Fireball before. You know, yeah, like, uh, yeah, a great like you know, he cares about the community that he services. He's from you know that welder yeah. fabricator community, and he makes great products. So like, go buy. Yeah, buy Jason Fireball Tools stuff, and if you go on Fireball Tools website, you can also buy Thared uh, braces. Oh, I know, yes. I saw that. A yes. great way to go out and get yourself some Thared products. Okay. A fantastic. You know how we feel about those. And oh, uh, yeah, love them. And you guys can see my screen, so you can see what's hanging uh, up the, the banner in the background. The banner in the background. I don't have a Thared shirt on today. Yeah, I do. I got my Thared shirt on. Oh, today. There we go. Right. We're 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 good to go. We're all we're all in this together. Anyway, what are you guys watching? Got, a, got any um, recommendations? Well, you got to have something good. It's been currently, I'm 
Currently, I'm training to become a professional wakeboarder, so I've been watching some wakeboarding wow. videos. I don't know if you knew that about me. Um, Wait, just so ordered a wakeboard. Does your dad have the Coast Guard on speed dial in case you guys no. get Did we ever tell that? I never told that on the podcast, right? I told no, you guys you never that. No. I got to okay. tell that story. That's next, a good story. Next, next week. Cause it's, That's cause next, next week. Yeah, okay. We're, okay. we're into it long, but yeah. Oh, okay. no, I'll tell that story next to, week. Remind me. definitely have to tell that but story. But so I think the kid's name is like, I just, I don't know. It's I think the kid's name is David OC or something. He's like a professional wakeboarder and like, I want to be good at it so bad. Like I can like get up and jump and like barely do like a 180 kind of on the surface of the water. Like my friend Johnny has a boat and we go out all the time. I only get to do it when I'm on his boat because I don't have a boat, but it's so fun. It's like the oh. coolest thing in the world. So, so I've never tried it. I've always wanted to. I'll have to come up. And oh, yeah. You got You should come. Um, it's, it's really fun. And I just bought a wakeboard. I spent, you know, probably too much money. Um, you know, I don't even have a boat, but you know, sometimes that's fine. Back, 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 back in the day, I was quite the water skier and wakeboard. Oh yeah, what oh, kind yeah, of tricks yeah. would you do on the wakeboard? That, Definitely did the one hander. Yeah, did the one hander. Well, that's not a trick. <laughs> did you see? Did you see on uh, Instagram? It came up. I'll have to find it. The um, I think it's on the um, the website. No, what is it? The qualified captain. Do you guys I love that? the qualified captain? You gotta follow the qualified captain. Oh, oh, captain. Right oh my god. I know an unqualified captain. This is all that is. Yeah, that's all it is. People just doing stupid things. They had one the other day, the guy he gets off the side of the boat. Did you see that one, Chris? No. He just he's sitting on the side of the boat, the boat's flying down the river or whatever. And he just gets over, he's drunk, and he jumps in, and he's just uh, with barefoot in it, holding on the side like the gun all the boat, like just like just like bustling it, and uh, it's just crazy. But yeah, the qualified captain, that's a great. Oh, let me. I'm following him right now. Yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, the qualified captain. Yeah, that always like makes my day. You know. Yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, so yeah. Who are you watching, Chris? Who are you watching? Who am I watching? That's a good question. Now I'm going to my YouTube app to see what I've been doing. Well, that's what I did. Want me to tell you who I've been watching? Yeah, I want to hear what you've been watching, Derek. I've been watching Black Tail Studio. He does a lot of, I hate to say it, river tables. Black Tail? Uh, Yes. He just did a great one on Rubio Monocode. Great video. Yes. He does just, like, great videos. Just He's got, like, a great sounding voice. He just, like, they just laid out real, you know, real well, just easy to watch, you know, easy on the ears. And um, he has, like, this really cool story. He does a video about how he became a woodworker and all this. He was a, actually a helicopter pilot, and that's how he got the name um, Blacktail. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the guy just always wanted to be a helicopter pilot, like, traveled the world to become a helicopter pilot, finally becomes a helicopter pilot, and then says, you know what, I want to be a woodworker. And um, it's it just amazing, like, you know, just how, how funny life is sometimes. But he just has really good videos. I enjoy watching them and, you know, just that's it. So nothing special. But if you want an epoxy table, river table, he's your guy. Has anyone made a colored pencil epoxy river table yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's probably yeah. been like 15 of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's actually a kid that I followed that, like, had one years ago and it only had, like, like 
a hundred views like it was like the funniest thing and then like somebody did one and it got like blown up with this kid he'd done it a while back I remember seeing I'll have to look that up so I've been watching uh, have you guys seen I've, I've posted a couple of them on my Instagram story this guy dude dad d-u-d-e dad he makes these parody videos about like uh renovating your house with him and his wife oh that's funny and they're like oh yeah 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 hysterical and they're 100 percent accurate like the one he just put up today i just reposted it earlier today was uh the five stages of a renovation like the optimism the this is going to cost way more than you thought then like the cutting <laughs> corners and then the fifth one is like corners. the fifth one is like it's done kinda and he's telling his wife like look yeah we don't need outlet covers we don't need a toe kick in the kitchen no one can see that the kitchen cabinets aren't finished it Dude, is 100% accurate you should so amazing it is so funny my toe kicks are still not on my cabinets 4 years later yep. And that's Christina calls me Mr. Eighty Percent. Yep, that's right. hundred percent. hundred percent correct. Eighty percent correct. The, the best. The best one was we our old kitchen. I took the um. I she was bitching about them not being you know stuff not being done, and my sister says to her, "Make a list of everything he has to do and hang it on the cabinet doors so he Throw sees it every day." She goes, yeah, he took them off last year to paint them and never put them back out. <laughs> so we had, I says, Christina, it's in style. You know, people have no fronts to their cabinets. Oh it's a minimalist look. Oh, yeah, it's just so clean. Very Three stuff. years ago, I think, I did my kitchen, and yeah. uh, I was bringing in a corner cabinet, and it was a full-size corner <laughs> cabinet, so it didn't have the clipped back. Yeah. And it was a big, big corner cabinet. So I, I got the, the kitchen through, like, a friend, whatever. I pick up the cabinet. I get it chopped off at my house, and I can't fit it through the back door of the house. Oh, and the front door is even smaller than the back door. So the back door was, like, not great. So I have my friend Tommy with me, and he came just to help me get the cabinet into the house. Get to get all the cabinets in, but that cabinet in, in particular. And he's like, dude, what are we going to do? I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. I go right to the garage. I get the, the sawzall. And oh, I, I know where this is going. Door. I cut the whole frame off the back of the house. The whole oh thing. God. The header, I cut everything out, uh, <laughs> and I brought the Christ. cabinet in, and I plywooded up the door. And my girlfriend at the time comes home, and she's like, "It's so cold in the house. Like it's freezing in here." She walks in. She walks into the kitchen. The whole back of the house is just open. The whole <laughs> dude, Jesus Christ in the back of the house. And I drove right to Home Depot. I bought a new door. But the point of this story is that three years later, I still never trimmed the outside of the door i i spray fo i i zip taped it i spray foamed it it got airtight watertight and i never finished it that's my back door right now that's it. never you know when the spray foam becomes like orange Doc, yeah it's old <laughs> and it's like is it, is it still like that oh yeah of course well, let's post it on our uh, yeah I will uh, i'll take a picture of mine and i'll, I'll post <laughs> yeah, it our too. unfinished uh our unfinished jobs i mean yeah. but that's what it is the shoemaker's kids have holes yeah. in their shoes, right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like when you were hacking your door apart with an axe because you couldn't get a machine into your shop oh, that no was it wasn't great. a machine i that couldn't get great. a project out the back door so i just hacked the door with an axe that was great and it yeah. wasn't that the door wasn't big enough it's that one panel of the door was covered with so many things that you couldn't even open the door all the way. So he just came at it with a hatchet. <laughs> Listen, sometimes... Which is just sick. Dude, you should have seen when we got the torch made in here. I was just... Well, uh, if it was yeah, in the way, it's just getting out of the way. 
it was getting out of Lincoln the Lincoln must be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know what? Do you have like, video of it going down the street? Uh, I don't. I just have photos because I didn't film us moving it. Because it, it was honestly evidence. pretty uneventful, but like it's so yeah. fun because everybody like I'm offended in general that anyone would doubt that I'd be able to get this thing into my shop. No, like, you, you always know, get it in. You always oh, yeah. Like, it's how, shop. Are you gonna, how are you going to get that into your shop? Are you kidding? He'll knock the bricks out. He'll start sledgehammering the bricks yeah. out to get I it will, in. I'll take it apart down to like nuts and bolts if I have to. The fact that anyone <laughs> whether or not these people don't know shop. who they're dealing with here. I know. I'm so upset. And then everyone's like, "Oh, you need a bigger shop. You need a bigger shop. You're not going to be able to fit." No, he doesn't need no, a bigger shop. Need a bigger shop. But do you shop really think fine. that I'm that much of an asshole that I would get a a a machine of that caliber and not have any idea where it was going to go. What do you think? Like, like I just got like a phone call one day and they said, Oh, Hey, by the way, we dropped off this huge pallet and like, you got to figure out where it's going to go. I've got plans. Yeah. He's got to move this stuff out, move the machine into place and move the stuff on top of the new machine. The point is that the new machine has an open bottom. Oh, open bottom storage. Just opened up like it's four by four. So that's what is that? Uh, sixteen square that's feet. Sixteen square foot of a usable storage usable space. Usable storage space. Like he cut uh, some he cabinets, cut, some shitty cabinets from an auction no, that you bought. He, he cut the legs off the torch. Yeah, off the torch. He's always gonna extend he them underneath there and extend them up to get more yeah. room. Yeah, Dude, right now I, the oh torch the only on I think prints. he has the most of little oddball beat up cabinets full of crap. That's right. Like, 100%. just he can't resist a, a no. little cabinet somewhere at an auction to throw he, things in. He should start hanging stuff from the ceiling. Yeah, just, don't even just, joke because just I'm run. <laughs> Look, because in the corner, I just dropped my microphone. In the corner of the metal shop, in, in oh, the, oh, there's a so there's bad. an empty corner where um I have I like all my machinery is like kind of to a, a maximum height, and I've I've been considering putting like a, a, a big, heavy, super heavy-duty shelf to put some stuff on because I got no more a room lot, a lot. On, the, on the ground level for anything. But I it's mean, a threaded rod and drill it. This, this shop, is, it's a big shop, but it's really, for the amount of variety of stuff that I, I choose to do here, it's uh, not nearly big enough. It's just the duplicates. It's yeah. the duplicates. The triplicates. Yeah. It's the triplicates, right now, quadruplicates. Right now in this shop, I have... How many bandsaws do you have, Chris? This is <laughs> Are you talking about bandsaws on the shop floor or bandsaws also in storage? How many bandsaws are in storage? How many bandsaws are out in Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think how there's, I think there's three metal bandsaws and, and probably four wood bandsaws and then probably a couple of handheld ones. So I have... I have Three woodworking bandsaws set up. I have three woodworking and two in storage, right? I have three in storage. Oh my god! <laughs> woodworking bandsaws. Then I no, I'm sorry. There's another one. I have one of those little bench top ones that I yeah. used to bring. So yeah. I have set. Let's throw that one right yeah. out. The, the, be, the best is Chris. I need a woodworking bandsaw. Okay, I'll find one. I'll keep my eyes open. Oh, yeah. He says. What about the seven you just walked by? How about one of those? Oh, those are all too ordinary. Right. And then in the metal shop, which is so funny because everybody tries to like get the metal cutting bandsaw because they're like hard to come by. Yeah. I've got, I've got, uh, well, I've got like a two. Puts that I, over your shoulder. Yeah, well, there's one right like there. Regular 14 inch bandsaws. I have another one at a at a friend's shop. I traded him a 
drill press for it because for some reason I thought I needed another one. Then I have the the portable one that's like on a little table. Then I have two battery powered porta bands. So what is that like five metal cutting band saws too or yeah. six? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the I, jet. Have the I have the jet. And yeah. I have the win. I forgot about the win. Oh, oh my God. God. It's just How could you forget about that? And then drill presses is another one that's like really sick. I have four drill presses alone in the metal shop. Like, I don't. I don't know. I got three drill presses, so I'm not going to hold it against you, but. I have three, too. Yeah. Well, I have four in the metal shop, and then I have three in storage. Then I have one. two radial arm drills, right? Oh, shoot. I forgot about those. I have. Oh, my God. How could you forget about those? They were buried under something. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten drill presses. And then I have three milling machines. That are all drill presses as well. Yeah. And so I how about station. See, I think so you like being the crazy guy with all the tools. Like that's part of your shtick. They're like they're like, they're like cats. They're yeah, cats. that's they're the part of his shtick. Oh, Chris has got like just sell the crappy ones and keep the nice ones and make room for more tools. No, no, it becomes a problem. How many yeah. table saws do you have? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have three. Uh, three saws. Like, like two I is a luxury. Two. I have two five horsepower three phase saw stops. One oh, is set up, and one of them is in crap. pieces in the other room. Then I have uh, the loan. I have a loaner one, like a like a job site saw that I lend out, and then I have my job site saw. So I don't have that many you have tables. Four. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. Only have four. Yeah. Only have four table saws. Um, I have the three milling machines. I have two lathes. No, I have more than two lathes. Well, I have a woodworking have, lathe in store. Do you have like three woodworking lathes? I have three woodworking lathes. Yeah. That's true, actually. And you have what? Two metalworking lathes or three? Two metalworking lathes. Two. That's it. Yeah. Two metalworking lathes. Yeah, you need some more of those. That's not yeah. enough. No, that's not enough. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I got I got some stuff. I got some. I've accumulated some things here. Yeah. It's quite a collection. Well, now, but what's I, interesting to me is you say you're never going to move. So I can't. Where I can't. I, I, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Surprise, this is finding Angela. a worse problem than we. Surprise, Angela! But but you didn't know this was going to be an intervention. And you're not stopping buying, and you haven't no. started selling. So where's the stuff going to go? Because you're oh, at, well, you're beyond max capacity. Oh, here's where I'm at right now with my with my current. This is I, not. I, I, I had a talk with him today, Paul. So, oh, so this is where I'm at with my stuff. So I I've been in the shop for. I've been in the shop for four years, right? I know exactly what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. So there are now, uh, there are a couple of areas of the shop that I just don't use anything in those areas. Like I just, the stuff just sits there. Like there's like a, like a, a whole section of my wood shop that has like two scroll saws and three like belt sanders of different varieties that I don't think I've You'll never ever, use a scroll saw again. I don't think you I've ever used a CNC machine. Scroll. You got band yeah. saws. The scroll saws, I have, and that's another one. People love giving me scroll saws. So I have two out on a bench, and then I have two more in storage. Oh, my God. That I would literally, I would pay somebody to take. Let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. So 20 bucks. I always wanted a scroll saw, and Jimmy gave me one, right? Mm-hmm. And that thing, it was an old one. And it took up so much room, I couldn't wait to get rid of it. So I got rid of it, and while I was waiting for the kid to come get it, 
I said to myself, oh, man, I don't want to get rid of it. But I'm like, I got to take some to much room. As soon as I got rid of it, I almost went out and bought one. And I don't know why. I get the CNC. I'm like, I do. I never need to scroll saw or anything. But I see people use them. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But the one thing that really pissed me off was I had that portable router table. And yeah. I moved that thing a hundred times. And I have about six or seven routers. And I gave it away. And then I'm like, why did I do that? I need one. And I found one in the trash. And it's like the biggest piece of shit. I can't get a router in it. And it's like, I might have to go out and buy a portable router table. Because I don't want to put, you know, a tiny little round over bit in my, ta- in my table saw like that. That's just Oh, your crazy. big one that you just did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's too much, you know, just to round over stuff, like easy stuff like that or cutting tabs. But I'm like, what a dumbass. So it is, it's hard to get rid of things. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you don't ever use something, but... Yeah. Well, so you had router one table. router table. Yeah. If I had four, I wouldn't feel... You get so rid bad. of the three. <laughs> do, you, do you have a router table I could have, Chris, by any chance? I have he a could, portable... You know what? He's going to keep his eyes open for you. No, I have, yeah. <laughs> I have the Ryobi portable router table. I have that one, too. Um, And you know what? It's so funny because the router... I took the router lift out of it, and I put it in my table... Because uh-huh. I like you know, obviously I didn't want to deal with the router table and it just made more sense. And then I bought a shaper. Oh, you um, have a shaper? I didn't know you have. Yeah, one. it's like a small shaper, and I it's funny because I bought a shaper for I want to say like a hundred bucks on Craigslist, and it was like an open bottom one with like the four legs, mm. and um, it was it was like a Delta or a jet, an older jet. And then I was at a buddy's shop. He's actually he makes moldings, and uh he's always got like a bunch of machines like kind of in the corner that he never touches like me so i was like poking around he's like oh dude he's like you want to buy that grizzly shaper i got the extension table for it and it's like really nice he's like just give me 200 bucks for it so i was like all right so i sold the shaper that i bought for 100 for 300 dollars on craigslist and i bought the grizzly from him and my plan was to put the shaper in my uh, workbench in the in the wood shop because I thought I could replace my router table with it, and then somebody told me that uh, the reason that you don't just use a shaper instead of like you don't replace your router table with a shaper is because shapers spin like way too slow. Oh, like, the router spins at like twenty five thousand RPMs. Yeah. Um, and a shaper only spins at like I don't know like 8,000 RPMs for like big cutters for like cutting molding. So if you had a tiny little corner inch round over bit, it wouldn't be spinning fast enough. No, and I think it would just tear out. So like I had this nice idea to have this like nice cast iron shaper like built into my table with the fence next to it. And, you know, it was going to do everything and it it didn't work out. So now the shaper uh, is just collecting stuff on top of it because it's another surface for me to put stuff on. So yeah. anyway, Paul, back to what you were saying. What am I going to do? I'm going to – I'm uh, re- seriously reassessing the machinery that I use and that I don't use. That's good. I'm and, glad to hear this. We're making steps yeah. in the right direction. And I'm giving away or selling uh, a lot Everything. of stuff oh. that I have. Um, and I have, you know, like I have the – I have stuff – I have another radial drill in my garage at home that like can't be there. You know, like yeah. it just doesn't make sense for just it to be there. Literally, what you need to do is make an Instagram post, take a picture of everything you want to sell, make one of those little multiple image posts. Mm-hmm. The stuff will, you have so many followers, the stuff will sell. The problem is, 
He doesn't want to sell it. No, everybody <laughs> wants to pay me what I paid for the machines. And you know yeah, what? I'm, no. I'm, a, I'm a generous person. And I'm like, I, I've given away a lot of stuff. And I've sold things to friends at like below my cost just because I want to help out. But like, you know what? Like, I worked yeah. my ass off to get some of these tools. Yeah. And I just don't want to give some of them away. Like some of this yeah. stuff, I will literally put, I won't put it on my Instagram because then I get like the jackass in Missouri that wants me to like mail them the tool for free. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, I'll, I'll reach out and give stuff away. But when I try to put stuff up for sale, it's like, you know, like, or I put like, hey, you know, I want to sell this. It's like, I wanted to sell like a, like a Jacobs N20 chuck, which is like a $400 chuck. I wanted, I think like 200, 200 bucks for it. Yeah. Or I bought it in like a bin of stuff. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I probably paid like ten dollars for the chuck, and I want to sell it for two hundred because that's the point. But that's not the point exactly. Yeah. So it's like then you start getting the messages of like you know like oh how much you want for it, and then at that point I don't even want to deal with anybody. Here's what you I would what? do though. I would I would say these are the terms. I'm gonna give you the lowest price I'm comfortable selling the thing for. Don't mm-hmm. negotiate. Tell me I don't ship, or maybe you do ship, but you, you, I don't ship. You could come pick it up. Just tell me if you want to buy it. If you don't want to buy it for that price, then don't buy it. If you don't, don't want to, if you don't want to don't come pick it up, just yep. don't ask. If this is the yep. price. You could come pick it up, and if if you want to pay, it's yours. That's not yep. you would make so much money. So, so I'm much about money. to sell. I have ten. I have ten tapmatic tapping heads. Jeez, I I, yeah, I have not one. I, I'll buy one from you. How about you, that? First, did you buy that one in Fairfield? No, I, I forgot. I forgot to. I forgot. Message him. He probably still has it. Oh really? Um, but, I have 10 number 30 Tapmatic heads and I'm going to put them up and they're going to well, be you have 10 of just the number 30, the number thirties. Yeah. Oh my Which God. Isn't really like, like, I mean, I would give you one, but like, I don't know that it would really be something that you would What's use. What's the one I need a 50? You need a 50. Okay. How many fifties oh, you have? Uh, probably got five, six of those. I only have one. Get out those of here. Are, those are the most, those are the most sought after. Uh, they're Oh, I see. Um, they're they're number, half inch, right? Number six to half inch. But uh, anyway, um, I have, you know, um, I have 10 of them. And I'm going to put them up, and they're going to be $175 plus shipping each. That's it. No negotiating. Yeah. That's the price. No, like, I'm thinking about it. You either want it or you don't want it, and that's that's all. Um, uh, this is well, this is the day you're going to start Zeppieri's machinery sales. That's right. If you have enough tools to sell, probably you could probably spend a year selling tools, and you'll still have uh, still have stuff unnecessary stuff left over. Like, just start the company. I'm telling you, this is what you should be, be doing. Like, why doesn't he post on YouTube anymore? It'd be like he's got so much money, he doesn't yeah. have to. He yeah. retired. That should be your your company. I'm telling you, the machinery That's sales. It. I know. Well, just wait until I get my trailer, which we'll talk about next yeah, week. Yeah, get the trailer. Next week's episode, that'll be my purchase of the week. I'll have a trailer, yeah. and my little machinery mover, and I'll be uh, I'll be hustling tools. You know, nice. I'm excited. He's yeah. got a great. He's got a large inventory. That's yep. it. I yep. have I have as many tools as most machinery dealers on Long Island. Like I said, I think I said this a while ago. If you counted the individual objects in Chris's shop, it's in the millions. At least. It's At in least. the millions million. of objects. I've said this before. I'm a millionaire. Everything in here has to be worth at least a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. That's Chris Cash taught me that. He said everything in my shop's got to be worth at least a dollar, and there's got to be a million things here. Yeah, well, you might legitimately have a million things. I swear to God. Like, oh, I don't so know. Bad. Yeah, I'm just trying to help you out here. 
so bad. But it's also yeah. so good. I mean, come on, everything's great. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just wait. As long as you could walk around. Yeah, and you can. The next time, the next time everyone gets together and comes here, it That's will be, be different. You're gonna be able to put a coffee. He's like, I swear, it's gonna be better next time. It's gonna be better next. Listen, I have something coming up where it it has to be better. Yeah. So um, so if if what if what's coming up pans out, the place can't be in the state that it's in. Otherwise, uh, it's gonna wind up probably being pretty costly to me. So I I have uh I've got probably two weeks to uh, get some stuff kind of realigned and uh. I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to turn out good. I saw pictures of my shop from a year ago and it looked dramatically different. I had like a quarter of the amount of stuff that I have now and it was a little upsetting. So I feel like I have to get back closer to that place. It's like you look at last Christmas picture and you see how much weight you put on. It's mm -hmm. like, oh yeah. boy, I got to go on a diet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just look and see how much less hair I have. Oh God, I gave up on that. How much I'm more so I have lucky. on my back? I'm yeah. a young. Enjoy it while you have it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have it for a long time. This yeah, is, well, you just, I, you I just thought started, I did too. You just started your just started your own business. I'll show. Yeah, I'll that's true. On the handmade podcast Instagram of what I looked like when I graduated college, and you'll be like, and I thought I was gonna have my hair for a long time too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was Episode 9 of the Handmade Podcast. Next episode, Episode 10, we're going to do something really special, which is just another normal episode, and nothing special is going to happen at all. But uh, uh, maybe maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we will do something special. Maybe we'll do a giveaway on the Handmade Podcast Instagram. And maybe we'll announce the winner of the giveaway in Episode 10. How does that sound? That sounds, that sounds great. I think that sounds good, and I think we'll come up with something cool from some of the uh, some of the brands that that we all work with and know and love, um, and uh, we'll announce the winner in episode ten on the Handmade Podcast. Check out the Makery Network um, for those of you who haven't listened to uh, the Jesse Savage interview in the uh, Full Blast podcast. It is fantastic. I don't know if Paul and Derek, if you guys I gotta listen to it. I haven't. Yeah. I've been behind, but I need to. It's, it's just a really Jesse is just a really interesting guy with a, a very you know, just a very interesting background and um, it's it's just a great it's a great episode. So listen to listen to his episode and you have to listen to Jesse Ueda's episode if you haven't listened to that and all the other all the other podcasts in the makery. It's there's been a it's been a good podcast season. So thank you guys all for listening. I am Chris Zepp from Make Everything. Derek from Alden. Oh, oh, here we go. I'm Paul Pinto. Come back next week to hear about how the Coast Guard had to almost rescue me in three feet of water because my parents called the Coast Guard on me and my sister. <laughs> yeah. See you That's next week. Next week's story. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. 
That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.